lawyer by training, writer and teacher by choice. Originally from New York, I am a proud wife and mother living in Los Angeles. Join me as we delve into the Holy Torah's teachings and apply them to our lives. I keep it short and sweet, but always deep. Welcome. Hi, this is Jenna. Welcome back. Speaking to you from the holy city of Jerusalem. So I want to make an exciting announcement that my first book, Princess Without a Crown, Returning to My Jewish Roots, is available now on Amazon. I haven't publicly announced it yet because I'm waiting for some Amazon reviews on my page, but if you would like to buy it and review it, that would be awesome. In the next couple of weeks, I plan to do a podcast about my book and kind of the backstory of why I wrote it and read some excerpts, so definitely look out for that as well. And I'm going to link to the book below. So today I would like to speak about the symbol of Jacob's Ladder, which is coming up in next week's Parsha, Vayetze, and how it relates to us in our spiritual growth and any sustainable growth in life and how we deal with setbacks and failures. So my bat mitzvah portion was actually Vayetze. (laughs) Today, November 18th, when I'm recording this, is actually my birthday, and um At the time, I didn't really understand what I was reading. I memorized some Hebrew phonics. (laughs) Everyone seemed very impressed anyway. But in my speech at my bat mitzvah, I did speak about Jacob's ladder. And Jacob has a dream at Mount Moriah, which today is known as the Temple Mount, the site where we had our first and second temples, and God willing, our third temple will be built. And he dreamt of a ladder planted in the ground and reaching into the heavens. And each one of us has a ladder. And with every good choice that we make, we ascend upward, and each rung brings us closer to achieving our potential and connects us to God. And this is really the goal. But with every bad choice or every setback, we descend back down toward earth. And it's a fundamental Jewish principle that if we're not going up, we're going down. So we constantly need to ask ourselves, which direction are we going in? And obviously, setbacks are part of life. You know, it's not realistic to say we're just going to keep going up, 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 up. But the idea is that with up, down, up, down, the overall trajectory of our growth is moving upward. So what happens when we face setbacks? For instance, after my three-year-old has been awake for over 12 hours, I start to lose it a little bit and I might snap at her. Or my friend might be going through a hard time and I'm not really there for her the way I should be. Or I binge watch TV instead of doing something else more worthwhile, like calling my friend. (laughs) So these are all instances where we kind of fall a little bit down our ladders. But how do we get up? How do we keep going? If you're like me, a lot of times you'll beat yourself up over these setbacks. And the guilt is often worse than the thing itself. (laughs) You know, like, okay, I ate a cookie. It's not the end of the world. But now I'm beating myself up about it for two hours. So guilt can be, or regret really is productive. This negative emotion of regret, if it's, if it's pushing us forward in a positive way, but to just wallow in guilt or negative feelings of depression or self-hatred that don't really get us anywhere. This is not Jewish guilt. (laughs) This is not Jewish. I know Jewish guilt's a big thing. This is not Jewish because it's not productive and it's not positive. So Rabbi Nachman of Breslov teaches that the biggest mitzvah is to be happy and the biggest like sin is to be sad. Why? 
Because when we're happy, we're motivated to grow, to keep climbing up our ladders. But when we're sad, when we're depressed, we're not motivated to grow. So I want to share a tool that I learned from my teacher, Sario Hebdrigler, about how we can get ourselves from a place of sadness or um, dejection (laughs) to a place of happiness and joy and growth. She gives over this teaching from Rav Shlomo Wolby. And basically, there are two worlds. There's the world of connection and the world of disconnection. And the world of connection is all of the positive emotions that we feel, happy and grateful and joyful and giving, compassionate, empathetic. The world of disconnection is all the negative emotions that we might feel, angry, sad, depressed, jealous, frustrated, (laughs) fearful, and anxious. And we can only live in one world at a time. So how do we get from the world of disconnection to the world of connection? So my teacher, Sario Havid-Rigler, says very rightfully that sometimes we need to be in the world of disconnection. Sometimes we acknowledge we're in the world of disconnection and we need to stay there because we need time to process our negative emotions that led to our setback. You know, sometimes it's not even our own decision. It's things that happen to us that cause us to be bumped down our ladders, to fall down. And we need time to process traumas or things that we've gone through before we're really ready to get up and move on and keep climbing. And she likens staying in the world of disconnection to being in a dirty public pool. (laughs) You know, sometimes we need to stay there, but how long do we really want to stay there? So when we're ready to enter the world of connection, she says that we can get there through an act of giving. She says any act of true giving will get us from the world of disconnection to the world of connection. I also want to share from my own experience that, you know, engaging in activities of self-care, whether it's even just dancing and singing to music or, you know, whatever you feel you need to get yourself to a positive place, that's the key. Because when we're feeling good, we're motivated to get up and keep growing and keep climbing. Rav Moshe Weinberger, one of my Rebbies of Ish Kodesh in Wimir, New York, he shared a beautiful idea that's always stuck with me, that each moment is a new moment in reality. So regardless of what happened even one moment ago, you know, we're a different person now. It's a new moment. It's a new reality. It's a new us. And we can make a new decision. And I think a lot of times we'll face a setback and we kind of allow it to define our future. We're like, up, oh, I already messed up. I already, you know ate a cookie. Now I blew it for the night. It's like, no, okay, here's a new moment. Make a new choice, make a better choice and keep moving upward. Our Torah teaches that a sadiq falls seven times and gets up. You know, we fall, we fall, we fall. It's a natural part of life, but we just have to keep getting up. And the people who succeed are the ones who just keep getting up and climbing no matter what. And what's so cool is that it's kind of a cyclical thing because when we're in a state of joy and happiness, we're motivated to grow. And we know that the greatest joy in life comes from growth and achievement. (laughs) So it's a beautiful cycle of being joyful and growth and moving upward in life. Sometimes it's challenging because our soul wants to do something, but then our body wants to do something else. (laughs) Like for instance, with the diet example. And Sario Havid-Rigler taught me another invaluable tool that I want to share, which is called charting and rewarding the body. And basically the way it works is you decide what you want to work on, what your goal is. And every time you achieve your goal, you give yourself a check. And after a certain number of checks, you give yourself a reward. But the reward has to be physical. It has to be something for the body, like food or a massage or clothing or something that your body will appreciate so that you can get your body on board with what your soul wants to do and wants to achieve. So I've actually found this method very effective, and it's really an amazing way to keep ourselves growing and and taking small steps up our ladder.
when I was publishing this book, I first reached out to a Jewish publisher and he said he really liked the book and I told him I didn't want to make many changes and he agreed and we signed a contract and then he went on to do a more intense edit of the book. And when I got the comments back, I was practically devastated. As a writer, obviously I'm used to getting critical feedback, but this was something beyond that. This didn't have to do with the nature of the writing. It was more of a personal attack on who I was when I was younger and throughout my growth process. And I really wanted to be true to my story and true to the journey I went through. So when I wrote it, I really wrote the book as if I was in this time and place when I when I was going through the journey. You know, I'm not like sitting here looking back telling it. It's more like I was there in the then now I really wanted to capture the present moment throughout each step of the journey. So I felt like the editor was um, really personally attacking me and who I was very judgmental and hurtful comments. And he wanted me to take a lot of things out that were so central to my story. And obviously, I realized it wasn't it wasn't going to be the right fit with this person. But it really threw me for a loop. And I, I really fell because, and I know this sounds a little extreme, I kind of like lost faith in humanity for a minute. <laughs> I just, I kind of felt very closed and I, I didn't want to share my story. And I, I said, you know what, maybe I'm just not going to share it. I, this is very vulnerable and I don't know if I can handle this. So I, I decided to shelve the book. And a few months later, my husband got a call from somebody we didn't know who was fundraising for his Jewish organization. And the man on the phone wanted to like schedule another time to speak more about it. So when we were driving in the car one time, my husband and him spoke and my husband happened to mention that I went to Penn and the man on the phone said, is your, is your wife the author of princess without a crown that series in Ami magazine? And my husband said, yes. And basically this guy had read one chapter of a year long series. And the, that chapter happened to mention that I went to Penn and he said, I really would love to read the whole thing. And my husband said, you know, she was going to publish it, but now she's not sure. And he said, I just got back in touch with somebody who I lost touch with for 10 years. His name is Rabbi Eliyahu Miller, and he runs a company called Jewish Self Publishing, and he can help her publish the book. And shortly after I got in touch with Rabbi Miller and I decided to to do it, to publish the book and to get it out there because I felt even if it changes one life, you know, even if it inspires one person, it's enough. And I, I pray that the book falls into the right hands and inspires people in the way that they need to be inspired. And I really believe that it's part of my life purpose and that I meant to, to share my story. So this was just one instance personally where I felt knocked down <laughs> in the ladder of life and I needed a little bit of time to process and kind of lick my wounds. But then eventually when I was given an opportunity to keep climbing and to keep going up, I took it and I ran with it. So to sum up, each one of us has a ladder and with every good choice we make, we ascend upward and each rung brings us closer to achieving our potential and connects us to God. And rather than beating ourselves up for a bad choice, we can process whatever emotions we need to process and then try to get ourselves to a state of joy so that we can keep moving upwards on our ladder. Failure and setbacks inevitable, but the main thing is to get up and keep going. And joy motivates us to grow, and the greatest joy in life is growth and achievement. So I bless us that we should all have the merit to keep going up our ladders and fulfill and achieve our purpose in life.